Hello, and welcome to the Modern Christian Women Everyday Victory Podcast. Be sure to find us at www.mcwwisdom.com. Let's talk about relationship versus religion. Here at MCW, we emphasize personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Religion is very often cultural, not spiritual. There, It includes a lot of man-made traditions and ideologies. Religion often hurts people, ostracizes people, confuses people. So we do not promote religion, but we do promote relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the spiritual development that moves you to be kind to people, to not judge people, and to treat people the way Jesus wants you to treat people, which is through love. The highest commandment is to love one another. So it's important to make that distinction between relationship and religion. I personally have always been very critical of religion. Now, I have been raised a Christian, and I am a Christian. I was raised in the Baptist denomination. Now I am in a non-denominational church. So I've always been very critical. Why do you have to pray so many times a day? Some religions, you have to pray a specific way at a specific time and a specific position. What is that going to do for me? Why are there only boys around the altar? Where are the girls? Why do I have to wear long skirts and no makeup? What is the point of that? What are you doing with snakes? You know, all kinds of things, often bizarre things that people do in the name of religion. It's very traditional. A group of people have gotten together and support certain behaviors and certain ideas, and they hold on to that for dear life, even if it is wrong or even if it promotes crimes against humanity. So again, we do not promote religion, although you can choose any religion, but it's the execution of the ideas and the spirit behind the behaviors of the people who adopt a specific religion or a specific denomination of a particular religion. So when I go to church, it is because I do believe in fellowshipping with like-minded people. And I believe that you should do that. I do believe you should be part of a group of people who are trying to support the community, who are trying to take care of the needy and of the homeless and people who just need a helping hand. So that's why I attend church, but not to get into the traditions and the religiosity of it or the politics of it. And that might be you as well. So it is still possible to be spiritual, to be a Christian, and not to adhere to religion, but still go to church for the reasons that I just gave, because you want to be part of a community who is doing good things for other people. So let's take a look in the Bible at a couple of examples that show us the idea of relationship versus religion. Go to Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. And this is a story of a woman who washes Jesus' feet. 
So Jesus was traveling with the disciples, and they were giving the good news. This was upsetting the Jewish community because they didn't know where Jesus was coming from. They didn't understand what he was doing. Were all these people following him? Is he really creating these miracles? Is it fake? Is it real? Can this blind man really see what is really happening with Jesus? So he was invited to one of the Pharisees, one of the Jewish leaders' homes for dinner. And while at this Pharisee's house, a sinful woman came in and just started crying. She heard Jesus was going to be there. She came in, came behind Jesus, positioned herself at his feet, and just started crying. So as you can imagine, the Pharisee and other people in the house were like, what is really going on right now? She not only cried at his feet, but she began to wash his feet with her tears. And she dried his feet with her hair. She had an expensive alabaster box filled with perfumed oil. And she used that oil to anoint Jesus's feet. And so again, people were looking like, what is really going on? And a really interesting thing in verse 39 is the Pharisee thought to himself. He didn't say this aloud. He thought to himself, if Jesus were a prophet, he would know that the woman touching him is a sinner. If Jesus had any sort of foresight, if he really had a connection with God, then he would already know what kind of woman this is. Now, a lot of translations do not call her a prostitute, but says she was a sinful woman. So when it comes to women, we just assume that it's sex because that's how we treat women, right? So Jesus said to the Pharisee and called him Simon. He said, Simon, let me tell you something. And so Simon said, all right, well, teacher, tell me what it is. Tell me the business. So Jesus gave him a parable or a story, an illustration to drive home his point to the Pharisee, as he often did. So he told the story of two people owing a lot of money to the same banker, or owing money to the same banker. One person owed 500 coins, and another person owed 50. They did not have money to pay the banker, but the banker forgave them of the debt. Jesus asked Simon the Pharisee, which one do you think will love the banker much more? And Simon said, well, probably the one who owed the most money. So that would be the $500 person that owed the banker money. So Jesus said, Simon, you are right. And he turned to the woman and said, do you see this woman? So now Jesus is getting ready to break it down to Simon. Why Simon the Pharisee is too judgmental, why he stuck up, and why that in itself is a sin. He said, I came into your house, but you didn't offer me water to wash my feet. Now, remember, that was a custom of the time, practically speaking, because they were walking around dusty roads. And it's sort of rude to come up in somebody's house and track dust or mud. So the host would offer water so that the people coming in could wash their own feet. Now, if the person was wealthy, they would have a slave or a servant come and wash the people's feet. So Jesus said, you, Simon the Pharisee, who is so bent on keeping customs and traditions, did not even fulfill this custom and tradition towards me. 
But she came in here and cried all over my feet, and she washed my feet. Jesus went on to say, you didn't give me a kiss of greeting, but she came and kissed all on my feet. You didn't give me oil to pour on my head, but she poured perfumed oil on my feet. I tell you that her sins, her many sins are forgiven, so she showed great love. But the person who is forgiven only a little will love only a little. So basically what he is saying is, Simon, I have come to your house for dinner and you didn't show me any sort of respect. You didn't show me any sort of affection. You did not honor me as a guest in your home the way someone in your position normally would. But this woman heard about me, came in off the streets. This woman is very aware of who she is. She is very aware of who people think she is and what they think about her. She is very aware of her wrongdoing, but she came in here to me believing that I had the ability to institute a change in her life. How do we know that? Because Jesus turned to her and said, your sins are forgiven. So there is the assumption that this woman came in because she needed to feel his message. She needed to feel personally that his message about God and love was for her, that she honestly could be forgiven for what she had done. So the people sitting around the table begin to say within themselves, "Uh, who is this dude who says he can forgive sins? Who are you to forgive sins? But Jesus ignored that, and he continued to say to the woman, because you believed, you are saved from your sins. Go in peace. Because you believed that you could be forgiven, you have faith enough to come to this horrible man's house, this man with this horrible attitude among these people with this judgmental attitude. But you still came in here believing that if you could connect with me, that you could have a change in your life, that you could feel differently about yourself, that you could leave here and be transformed from the person you were to the person you know you can be. That is the difference between religion and relationship. So just as the sinful woman did, we come to Jesus with the same expectation, knowing that we need a change in our lives, that we have done wrong things that we want to be freed from. And we come believing after hearing the message of the good news that God loves us. All you have to do is to accept his son and you can have your own personal resurrection from the old sinful, wrong thinking, wrongdoing person you were to a more powerful, spiritual and loving being that you know that you can be. This is the basis of relationship. This woman came in and adored Jesus. She showered him with affection because she knew that in his presence, she probably didn't deserve to be there is what she felt like. But she must have also felt from him non-judgment and love and the ability to touch her soul and her spirit in a way that would change her forever. This is why we come to Christ. This is why we build relationship with the Christ and the spirit of Christ within us. 
So let's go to a second example. Let's take a look at Mary and Martha. And this is very popular if you've ever watched the show on Hulu, The Handmaid's Tale, then you know they have two groups of women, the Marys and the Marthas. The Marthas are the workhorses. They are the servants. And the Marys, unfortunately, are the ones with the uteruses that can carry babies. So they have to be the handmaids, right? So that comes from... Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So Jesus was still traveling with his disciples. He had left the Pharisees' home. Now Mary has invited him into her home. So Jesus came to stay with Martha, and Martha had a sister named Mary who was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. But Martha was busy with all of the preparations and work to be done. So she went into them and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all of the work? Tell her to help me. So Martha has a little bit of an attitude. She is frustrated because she feels like I am the only one working around here. My sister is junking off and being lazy and not helping me. So she's frustrated and upset. So the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Basically, girl, why are you tripping? You are always tripping, Martha. You are so uptight. Free yourself. Please free yourself. (laughs) That is my interpretation here. But he continues to say to her, only one thing is important. Mary has chosen the better thing and it will never be taken away from her. So if you had a choice between working like Martha and listening to Jesus and sitting at his feet and listening to him teach, then the better option is for you to hang out with Jesus and let him talk to you, right? Let him instruct you. So that was a very brief exchange, but it makes a distinction between religion and relationship. Martha was caught up in her works, And the things that she could do. And a lot of people are caught up in being a good person by doing good things. That doesn't necessarily save you. That doesn't necessarily give you the change in your heart and in your mind that you're looking for. You're just doing stuff. You're working. You're frustrated. You're bitter. Oh, it's only me. You're overwhelmed. That's what religion and works do. But Martha, on the other hand, was building relationship with Christ. How do you begin to build relationship? You talk to people. You listen to the person. You allow them to pour into you, to give you wisdom, to give you instruction. That is relationship. So Mary was building relationship with Christ. And what he was saying is, this is the better thing. Come hang out with me. Come build relationship with me. This is what is going to satisfy you. So that's what we can glean from that brief exchange. So again, we promote relationship 
and not religion. Relationship frees you. It uplifts you. It supports you. Relationship is about love. Relationship is about intimacy. In the previous example of the sinful woman who was washing Jesus' feet, that was an intimate act. Think about it. You don't just want everybody touching your feet. I don't do pedicures because I don't want anybody just touching my feet. That's intimate. And if you touch somebody's foot in particular spots, there are all kinds of nerve endings that can send all sorts of sensations throughout your body. So you don't want just anybody touching on your feet. (laughs) Let's get real here for a minute. That is an intimate act. Relationship is about intimacy. It's about affection. It's about knowing the other person and having that person know you. It's about you knowing who God is and about God knowing who you are and about the two of you coming together and building that sort of bond where, yes, I know you, but I still love you. Yes, I know you have done these things, but I can help you be better. I can get you out of this. This is God talking to us. And we, in return, say, God, I love you because you know how I am and you love me anyway. God, you got me out of this mess that I could not handle on my own. God, I just thank you. That is relationship with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in these two examples, you see the difference between relationship and religion. And of course, relationship is more favorable. So we want you to develop your own personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So when you listen to a sermon or an inspirational message or when you use Bible or when you read Bible-based resources, and if you listen to other Christians, the point of it should be to help you build relationship, not get stuck in religion or politics. So you might be wondering, where do I start? How do I understand who Christ is? How do I begin to build a relationship with God? The first thing you want to do is to read the entire New Testament. Read it on your own. Don't have anybody interpret it for you. Just get a translation of the Bible that you can easily understand. I use the New King James Version of the Bible because it doesn't have all the these, thousand verses. But I also use frequently the New Century Version of the Bible because that adheres to most translations without getting too far off track. So get a Bible translation that is easy for you to understand. You want to start by reading the entire New Testament. You can find out who Jesus is, what Jesus came to do, and why you should go ahead and accept and put your faith in the spirit of the Christ that has been left with us through his Holy Spirit, because we do not have Jesus in physical body on earth anymore. Then particularly, you want to read the book of John. So if you're saying, oh, it's going to take me a while to read the whole New Testament, the first book you should read is the book of John in the New Testament. This tells you of God's love and why God sent his only son, Jesus, as our personal Lord and Savior. Next, you want to develop a prayer life. 
And of course, I have a book of prayers that will help you get started and jumpstart your prayer life. It's called Prayers and Confessions for Everyday Victory. And I also have a version for teenagers. You can just go to the website, mcwwisdom.com. Listen to praise music. Listen to inspirational sermons. Praise God with your own mouth. How do you do that? Go to the book of Psalm and just find the Psalms that you like and just recite the ones that honor God and worship God. You want to just listen in silence and meditate. See what the Spirit is trying to tell you or trying to move you to do. Of course, you want to read your Bible regularly, not just the New Testament, but you definitely want to start there. You can read other spiritual books that might help you as well to understand how to have victory in this life, to understand how to take the Word of God and what is in the Bible and make it work in your everyday life. And this is why we listen to people's testimonies and why you listen to this podcast so that you can begin to understand how this can work for you and how you can make it work in your personal life. So again, develop your own personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I cannot stress that enough. You want to go to the blog and just read the blogs and listen to the audio walking you through how to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You might have been raised in church like me, but I didn't truly develop my own relationship with Christ until I was in college, until I began to have personal experiences that I knew could only come from God. So God is real to me. The Holy Spirit is real to me. Jesus is real to me because I have had personal experience with this. So you can't argue with somebody's personal experience, right? That is what makes it a reality for you. So this is why I know I have relationship. And this is why religion does not bother me. Religion bothers me because it hurts people. But I don't get trapped by it. Not at all. So hopefully this podcast has been helpful to you. Hopefully you feel inspired and motivated to read the New Testament for yourself, to read about who Jesus is, why you should accept him, and how this works for you in your personal life. So check out our books and other Bible resources at mcwwisdom.com. That's www.mcwwisdom.com. Thank you so much and peace and blessings to you.